12.51 a.m. is Blast Off. Taking you into Rawbit. I love Raw. Hello, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> what a lovely jingle that was. It was one of my favourite really? jingles. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Welcome oh, to Either or. Either or. I'm Manny. Uh, I'm Britney Spears. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, this is Dayson, by the way, in case you don't know. Yep. And uh, uh, well, Dayson today here has a special announcement which concern about what? Uh, the situation in Middlesex Uni at the minute. Um, oh. I, I don't know if any of you know about it, but uh, the, the management at Middlesex University are currently trying to close down the, um, the research department in Middlesex. And the kind of like justification they're given is that it, you know, will save the university money. And we've seen the situation like around the country uh, concerning trying to close down or like merge um, social sciences departments to apparently save money. Like we had it in uh, King's College. They've been like um, trying to cut back on the kind of lighter, what they think of like the softer subjects. And in Liverpool as well, they were trying to close down some social science departments. And um at the minute it's happening in, in Middlesex and they're trying to close down the philosophy department and there's a protest going on at the minute where some students and some staff have um, had like a sit-in in one of the uh, departmental buildings and um, Middlesex management have completely blown it out of proportion and have called in the police and tried to file a lawsuit against them and all this kind of stuff which is quite disproportionate and um, they've even accused uh, some of the students of attacking members of staff and they fired a uh, I think like three or four members of staff as well because they tried Are to they like... they were professors or something? Yeah, there were some professors who tried to like assist the sitting and they've been like fired, like immediately suspended. They're not even allowed to um, email their students anymore, or, like make contact with them. So the whole overall, the situation is quite bleak and it's also quite stupid because I think we can all agree that closing down... The thing is that they say that the, uh, the philosophy research department isn't making that much money, but the actual rankings of Middlesex University are in some way like dependent on their philosophy department because in the recent kind of like um, admin reviews their philosophy uh, research department was the highest ranking department the university has and it's also an internationally recognized department so closing it down is obviously not going to be very good for business so I can't see quite why they try and justify it like that but this whole thing about education and business or whether philosophy should make a mm. profit for the school I don't I, I just think you know, this line of thought is just no wrong head. There's there's a guy called Brian Leiter who is a famous um American uh commentator on uh, legal philosophy and Nietzsche as well and he says um the Middlesex management have proved that they don't really know what universities are supposed to do and they've kind of <laughs> confused the priority and I think that's putting it quite well. But anyway, I've sent out a petition over the uh either or kind of uh messaging on Facebook. So if either if any of you are interested, whether you're a philosophy student or not, you just care about education, then please sign it and then we can try and sort this out before all the universities start doing this. Uh but that's my rant over anyway. We're all gonna right, go to the okay, actual show. Well today. if you are interested, just check check the Facebook group and please. If so, you can even leave me or J well better Jason a message and then ask more about it. Okay, yep. as for tonight's show, okay, so Dayson, uh, and I agreed that maybe we should try something new and bring out the thematic approach in yeah. a more uh, in more depth. I'm sure many of you have noticed that over the last few weeks, um, we've kept encountering similar problems when we're talking about judgments, which is what should actually be included under the kind of scope of what we're saying. And these disagreements really have to be kind of like confronted now before we can <laughs> proceed in good conscience other, rather than just trying to like bracket out the problems. And they mainly consist of things like when you're judging art, 
um, what do you define the art to be? What does it include? Does it include kind of like um, subjective kind of responses to the art? Is it a purely formalist kind of like intrinsic property to some kind of external art object? These are all kind of issues that we should consider. And I think today we're going to try and get through a few of them by focusing more on ontology rather than... Well, I guess uh, the basic argument, argumentative structure will still mm. be there where me and Jason will basically argue based on our different approaches. And what we're basically approaches will be just like how we consider what, what count as art and how should we think about it as a matter of subject. Because we need to know how to define it before we can actually talk about anything. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. So kind that's of. kind of the idea of today. Uh, first of all, we're going to put uh -huh. a song on for you. And it's relevant to what we're doing because it's called Radio Video. <laughs> <laughs> and it's by System of a Down. This is Raw. Hello, welcome back. And that was a pretty seamless transition. I'm quite <laughs> proud of that. <laughs> we oh. didn't cut off too much at the end of the song that time. Oh, all right. Uh, well, uh, in case you want to contact the studio, you can email to studio at radio.warwick.ac.uk or you can use the web inquiry form of the web player on the uh, uh, Raw website. Studio at radio.warwick.ac.uk. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Okay, I've learned it. Yeah. All right. Okay, awesome. Well done, uh, Dazen. Thank you. And as soon as I won that, I'm going to talk first today. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to introduce yeah, my position, which I think is the most obvious position, and yours will be rubbish yeah, well, <laughs> when you right. introduce it. You don't it even afterwards. know my actual position yet. Yeah, that, that's how well planned we are. I don't even know what Manny's going to say. So stay tuned for the big surprise. But anyway, I think. Um, there's this common conception about uh we have a the common conception is we have a kind of problem when we're talking about art in the fact that it used to be believed that there were kind of like there was certain thing that was like an objective kind of beautiful property and a lot of kind of like aestheticians spent their time trying to like um define what this was and like you have like lots of people saying about like the golden ratio and all this kind of stuff Fancy like this stuff. yeah and uh, uh, over, like, I think today, though, most people are kind of more like, oh, whatever you say about art, it's only your opinion kind of thing, which also seems kind of implausible because it fails to kind of capture the actual intuitive kind of weight we feel about our judgments. We don't just judge things and say, oh, that's really cool, but only I'm going to like it. We kind of say that's really cool. And um, it, it kind of is like a claim that, you know, other people can also find this cool. Otherwise, the kind of whole... Um, debate about opinions and stuff nobody would actually have any value in it so i think there's some kind of like um something overlooked by saying it's purely subjective in the same way that there's something kind of like um clearly false about saying it's purely well, objective. I, are you saying uh it's not definitely ob it's not objective because because different people agree uh like have, have disagreement on whether what yeah it's I, I, I think a, i think a good way to enter into the thing is to think about what like an opinion is because the whole thing about an opinion is like a very kind of odd kind of disclaimer to your judgment it's like you know it wouldn't really be kind of plausible if you said i think this action is morally bad but that's just my opinion like if you saw someone killing someone you oh. kind of have more kind of conviction in it than that and then you kind of have yeah. a claim that if people don't agree to your kind of judgment there's some kind of possible debate you can have in which you can try and convince them why it's a superior kind of judgment. Wait, so are you saying it's not purely objective, yet it's not purely subjective? There's something more to it than than the mere term objective, subjective can apply? Yeah, I think like everybody has opinions and they all have this kind of um, je ne sais quoi kind of, I, I don't know what it is that I like. Je ne sais quoi. Like kind of like it's like the general feeling of like uh, right. um, you can't really explain it but you know it. 
And there's a lot of that like about art, like not everybody will say, um, I don't know why I li like something, but I know that I like it. And the opinion captures something kind of uh, strange about aesthetic judgment, which is that it's not a case that there's something in the external object that we can identify and just label as beautiful or recognize as beautiful, but then we still think it's more than just like a purely subjective, um, undescribable kind of phenomena that we have. So I think the best way to kind of ground it is to say it's something in between, such an objective, like you said. And I think but that how can how can something be between subjective and objective? Isn't the ne uh, uh, the negation of ob objective immediately until subjective? Well, I think it's it's hard to describe, but that we would agree that there are things that kind of like are external to us, which probably have some kind of like causal role in how we actually have our kind of subjective experiences. Okay. Even if we don't believe that these things are like mind-independent properties, we might still say that they're not only kind of like subjectively kind of like manifested When you things. say mind-independent, do you mean uh, it's something that without human, it will still be there? It just like, it's like the thing, just like a thing. It, it will still be there, but like obviously it will be kind of like determined in somewhat and like change when it actually gets to our kind of consciousness just purely in virtue of our so actual it, makeup so it, this this thing that's outside of our understanding yeah will still have this power to project certain sensation shall, shall i say sensation like sense sense data um into I, our perceptual faculty i think that's kind of like an uncontroversial kind of claim for most ah, people to believe that. I see. I mean, I know that encounters certain problems, but just like as an intuitive way of operating, most people assume that there is something that we can all agree exists, but we also all agree that we have our own kind of more kind of private uh, responses to this thing. Ah, I see. So that's kind of like the public thing, which we all agree is there, but we all have our private feelings about it, which we might like disagree about. And I think the best way to kind of like locate the actual source of um, the kind of like value of the judgment is actually in the subjective experience as it is stimulated by the kind of public uh, object. So in that case, we have something like if that object causes a feeling in us, which is like a pleasurable aesthetic feeling, then we say, ah, that object is beautiful or well, whatever uh, like that. I, 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 pleasurable aesthetic feeling as opposed to yeah. unpleasurable aesthetic feeling or just like we can have like all different sorts of feelings that like we can say oh that's kind of like a pleasant or we can say it's unpleasant just that kind of stuff i'm just saying that in cases where we want to judge that thing as good we would have like a positive feeling coming out of it i.e like a sense of uh so it has to be positive in order to have an aesthetic or in order to judge something to be beautiful or like good art form i mean you can judge something as ugly but i'm guessing that the experience you have in viewing it will be um, not dissimilar to the uh, one you have in the case of beautiful. So by saying this, so we know we know how to decide how to judge something based on the kind of subjective experience we have, as kind of like um, caused by our encounter with that external object. But isn't that just the same with everything, like every judgment, every every even cognitive judgment? You know, it, it seems more peculiar in the fact that we have to emphasize more about the subjective than we normally would. I mean, in judgments about what's a square and what's a hedgehog, we would normally assume that the public property kind of thing has more of a kind of um, presence in our actual subjective feeling, whereas in the property of, like, beautiful, we wouldn't say, like, beautiful as, like, a hedgehog, even though we might think hedgehogs are beautiful. We wouldn't say there's something out there called beautiful 
independent oh, okay. of that so, uh, is it experience. Saying, all right. Let, let's uh, uh, let, oh, okay. Let's put scientific explanation in the play. We should really um, build like a kind of jingle for that. Like it's science time. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, so you're saying if I uh, uh, beautifulness is not in the object in the sense that, well, in scientific theory that they, they just can't co- incorporate beauty. Mm. With the let's say the atomistic theory, like a physical property that is called beauty, mm. couldn't However, exist. However, it's all, we can also we cannot just equate that with subjective feeling because when you're saying something beautiful, it seems like you are asserting something more, more universal and powerful than just saying ah I like this. Even though the origin of that experience might be subjective, you're right. Like the kind of authority you think you have in making that kind of claim assumes there's some kind of degree of um like um agreement between others well are, are you saying there has to be an agreement some sort i'm saying in in the case of opinion we might just be happy to say it's only my opinion i accept that not everybody will agree with me but then still just because you find something valuable surely you should be able to identify what is valuable and, and if you can do that then surely you can point it out to others i mean if you really understand your own experiences Surely you can explain them as like an affect of something that you can identify for others and introduce them to the kind of experience that they might have been like not appreciating before. Okay, but all right. So it's kind of feeling, but without indoctrinating them. <laughs> all right. So it is a kind of feeling, but it's a very special one in in the sense that when you assert it, or when you say the center eye is beautiful, mm. you're saying mm, maybe everyone should agree with it. Even though it's not in the object, there's no atom called the beautiful atom. Um, it probably will not be the case that everybody will, just purely because some people yeah, but are in, just in stubborn. In principle, everyone should kind of agree. In principle, if not, it isn't the case that everybody could, that's a case where you can't identify something that everybody could recognize, in which case I think you're confused about your own experience and therefore you have to you know, resist uh. saying it's beautiful until you can do that. Okay, so that's how you posted beautifulness in between objective and subjective. Yeah, it's more based on the kind of ex- your expression of the experience that's stimulated by the object, such that you can identify something from the object which you can show to other people and they can partake in the same experience that you've had. But isn't that same with everything though? Like a square. But like it's like I said, like because the beautiful isn't like outside. Yeah. So therefore, we had to do kind of more of an imaginative job okay. of trying to, you know. So when I say in the square, even mm. though uh, the square has the power to affect me, and then I make the expression "I" ah, it's a square. Yeah. But the squareness, the property square, is actually in the square itself. Yeah. While beautifulness, it just come from me or come from people. I think like, in in the square case, if somebody doesn't agree with you at something a square, there's probably something wrong about their cognitive faculties if the squareness ah. is that kind of independent property but in the case of beauty we kind of treat it as if as if it's analogous to this kind of thing but not the same it doesn't have the same uh, kind okay. of um all right epistemological so weight. there's no atom called beautiful atom no there's no uh or subjective feeling called beautiful but while it's like kind of like a special status of an assertion that is uh how an object affect the subject. Yeah. Like on this kind of note, the 
one of the most famous uh, pre-Socratic philosophers whose name I can't actually remember. <laughs> but I basically researched him yesterday and his name begins with An something, An in... A-N? A-N, yeah. Do you know? Anisemada. Anisemada might be right, but you know, don't hold us to that. Don't check our credentials. But he said basically the universe is composed of these kind of quantities of things. Like it's a certain degree of hotness, a certain degree of coldness, a certain degree of windiness, whatever. And the actual different kind of energy states out there, like in the physical kind of scientific realm, are basically just, you know, the shares of what is there is just like spread around. Like in some cases, if something gets hotter, what it's actually doing is just kind of like having more of that property of the hotness, which has gone from somewhere else. And that's kind of how it works. And that kind of seems like, you know, not a very controversial theory. I mean, it made sense to it to the science of the time. But with the case, but with the case of like, beautiful and stuff if you say something is beautiful it kind of doesn't make sense to say oh it just has more beauty than something else has and it's just you know taking its share of what out there is beautiful because it fails to answer the question of what beauty is so i think that's why in that case they're kind of like our experience needs to be prioritized over any kind of like physicalist kind of property ah okay all right very interesting well yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't matter if it's interesting it's right all right hello welcome back Welcome back, everybody. Okay, uh, now we're gonna go. <laughs> now we're gonna go over to Manny, and he's gonna tell us about. Let's go over to Manny. Yeah, hey. come, come to me. <laughs> That's the creepiest thing I've ever heard you say. Well, okay. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> Manny's gonna quickly, quickly talk about an alternative well, well, kind I, of aesthetic theory, which will explain the kind of relationship between. Well, it's not like an aesthetic. It's not like a theory. Okay, we can't really use the word theory or aesthetic for what he's anyway, gonna say. I just gonna argue with you, basically. Okay, three, two, one, go. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you well, lost okay. all the kind of right. pressure uh, then, you know. Ready? Uh, you got to start talking. No, anyway, from your model, right? Yeah. It seems like you are postulate. Well, there's an assumption that you are postulating an objective world and a subjective world, and I, I guess it's quite common in this world right now, like with the with the, all the towering of scientific theory, <laughs> you know, and like all this, or like or psychological treatment like and yeah. stuff like that like yeah. it seems like there's a reality that's beyond sensual perception mm-hmm. and uh and some people think science is the best bet and it is kind of outlining the what the reality is i.e it's, it's a construction of energy atom and stuff of, of, of course science is still in progress and uh, that's why it needs diff- so much money yeah <laughs> that's why different theories are introduced and then well but people think in the end science will outline the whole reality of the world i don't know what they hope to really gain from having <laughs> achieved that well but i don't know i'm not a scientist but, but this is like like you said this is one reason why kant initially thought that a treatment of aesthetics could never be a science contrary to what um, Baumgarten said who introduced the concept of aesthetics at least the word and wow, Kant was like, like Kant was like you're doing it wrong because you know everybody knows that treatments of beauty and stuff can't be scientific because science is the thing about you know particles and all that stuff there's a lot of names out there there's <laughs> only Kant and Baumgarten if you don't know who Kant is by now have you actually been listening to our show <laughs> well no, yeah, and everybody well, forgets Baumgarten uh, who, who's, uh, anyway it doesn't matter we talk after this, this is Manny he's the <laughs> name to remember well, okay any, uh, what okay whatever Go. <laughs> <laughs> well um However, on that assumption, then, yeah, maybe maybe follow that assumption that there is an objective realm of the world and there's a subjective world and what a world. Maybe you can have, it can lead to your your model, i.e., oh, there's something in between, i.e., aesthetics. 
I think that's fair to say. <laughs> But、uh, I I don't think that's a very fair assumption, and because of that, I think aesthetic theory or what what is art、mm. should be constructed radically different from yours. Radically different. Yeah, radically different. Oh god. Well, first of all. And an objective reality is just absurd in the sense that, what is an object? An object implies a subject, and a subject implies an object in the sense that. What I'm thinking, I need to think about something. You see,、mm. I can't just think. So whatever goes on in my mind, the thoughts, it's correlated with what is out there, what the or the objective reality, as you as your terminology indicates. Yeah. And also, an object needs a subject in the sense that for a pen to be a pen, people need to regard it as a pen.、Mm. So there's a reciprocity there. Yeah. And in your model, you sphere the, the 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 two realm, no, the one realm into、yeah. two realm. Okay. Into objective and subjective. Yeah. And then you try to answer what is aesthetics. It's 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 a really fundamental mistake, and also what is the oh dear, <laughs> also in concern with beauty, right? Yeah. In concern with everything, there can't be just an opinion about something. Like I can't say, well, this is uh, well, this pen is easy to write.、Mm-hmm. Uh, this light is very bright,、mm-hmm. stuff like that. In your model, it won't be the objective reality because. Let's say in the scientific realm, yeah, the light is just energy. There's no such thing as too bright or too dim, or there's no such thing as oh, this is yellow or this is green.、Mm-hmm. You know, they're all just energy or atomistic shift between, uh, I don't know, electric shell. Yeah. Okay. Now,、oh, okay, I'm not very good in science. <laughs> okay, so don't email. <laughs> That's probably why you're、wrong. trying to debunk what I'm okay. saying. Okay. <laughs> you just don't like science too much. However, by saying. This is bright, right? Yeah. By saying everything like that, you are not saying your own opinion. You are saying something about the object.、Mm-hmm. And also because we cannot sever the bond between object and subject. Yeah. The object itself is intentional in the sense that the object has inherent brightness in it when I ju- judge it. Okay. All right. So all, that's a very quick and e-、uh, quick way of putting my my position, but.、Mm. Because of the time constraint, but、um, I don't really see. Can you make it a bit more clear how that's incompatible with what science says? Well, yeah. Well, it seems like now we have two different arguments. Yeah, and it seems like well, suppose you endorse both of them, and you, and it's very possible and very likely that you just know oh which one should I choose? Yeah, right. However, I think my theory is uh is outlining a. A more realistic reality, even though、okay. your model kind of claim the reality. Yeah. Because、uh, well, my my mine is more real because、um, there's like a primordial state of knowing. Okay. Okay, and and everything is kind of stay stem from there. Yeah. So if you take like science, they it doesn't just come out of the blue.、Mm. Science developed. I don't know, during the Enlightenment, I suppose. The science is like like now, the modern、yeah. science, you、yeah. know, like during the time of let's say Descartes and Locke, Galileo, Galileo. Yeah, it's around the same time as、yeah. Locke, I think. Okay, and that's from then on. There's a thing called science. 
Yeah. That's how that's the science that we we take it for granted today. Yeah. However, before then, there are different theories, and very notably, different Greek philosopher they try、uh-huh. to understand、uh, the nature, and science. Before it's not the the, the name for science, not science. It's called na- natural philosophy. Yeah, basically, the philosopher is just trying to understand the nature,、mm. the intrinsic nature of the nature. Yeah. <laughs> um. There, how is therefore um, there's something be- before science, right? And science just takes what's going on before, and trying to take it for granted. Okay. And then, however, if if we go back before, then we can see that there are certain uh traits of knowing that it's that does not require the. Uh, the dichotomy between objective and subjective. Yeah, and the objective and the dichotomy dichotomy only arises when people try and use scientific method stuff like that. Yeah, and the、uh, the reality is not like that because uh you just can't postulate an uh objective reality without the subject, even though science trying to do that and it's not like for example ethics right. The world has an has let's say has a has a morality, okay?、Mm-hmm. But science does not have morality. Darwinism、yeah. just say the fittest survive. It doesn't say what is good, what is bad. Yeah. And if and since ethics is like the most fundamental of human existence,、mm-hmm. you know, and science kind of omitting that, then how can you say science is kind of like outlining the、uh, the reality? You know, it's omitting let's say ethics, aesthetics, you know, stuff like that. So the idea is that we. We have these things that we kind of experience, or we kind of think about, or we kind of、uh, are motivated by, yeah. Like、um, kind of like ethical kind of imperatives, or like you know, aesthetic experiences or something. And these fail to be captured on the scientific model because the scientific model excludes kind of intentionality. Yeah. So therefore, we should abolish the scientific model. No, we should not abolish scientific model, in the sense that we should not just totally just ah,、oh, it's useless, just piece of junk. No, it's not. It's it's useful, however, it's not outlining the reality, and therefore, if you try to derive certain, and uh, uh, because uh, the reason science is not outlining the reality because they they separate objective and subjective,、mm-hmm. and and um and because of that, and if you try to derive an aesthetic theory, meaning、uh, I what is beautiful from that, then you are not doing, you are not. Really,、uh, say, outlining a, a, an authoritative theory. You just, just take what is what what is being grounded and didn't really try to reach deep enough. Enough. Okay, so on this model, the basic thing we should work on in in grounding any of our judgments is to try and get beyond this kind of misguided、uh, two tier kind of thing, whether、yeah. us and the outside, and instead focus on、um, the realm of kind of intentionality. And that's kind of exhausting yeah, of the, our like, experiences, the, and the kind of whatever objects exist would be like this. Yeah, so there's not like two realm, and there's a special realm called aesthetics in between objective and subjective. Okay, they're just one realm. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and that's how we should begin aesthetic theory, or if if aesthetics is a proper adequate word. Okay, but suppose if we follow. Kant's kind of idea, which is that we can't access beyond our kind of、um, state. We can't, you know, 
when we judge things and we have experience of things we can't therefore infer from them like the un kind of um unquestionable uh, existence of some kind of external uh, influence suppose we have to suspend our judgment to a certain extent about knowing whether there's actually anything out there or whether it is purely just kind of like constrained by our kind of like our makeup yeah so therefore the only thing we can be like a hundred percent sure about is like our kind of subjective experiences yeah exactly uh, yeah that's fine yeah but the thing about this is that doesn't give you the right to discard objective uh, discard object from the subjective realm or dis- discard subject from the objective realm so even if we purely think in terms of like transcendental terms like we can't get beyond our kind of own framework then you still think that even if we prioritize that we still have to accept the reason the we cannot beyond way. that own framework it's it's because that's just how it is yeah however postulating some an objective world which we don't know yeah or which we 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 what do you say we we um Look, we don't see atom in the world, right? We see table. We yeah. see we see microphone, right? Mm-hmm. And postulating objective world that is that is not in human life. Okay, will be will not stand. You see? Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I understand basically that the kind of problem with what Kant has done is that the transcendental thing itself should not be seen only as kind of like, well, it's kind of unfortunate that we can't access the external world, but I'm sure it exists. So at the minute, we'll just say, focus on the transcendental stuff, but just, you know, assume the external world exists. Yeah. Whereas well, we should just, like, you know, abolish the whole idea of an external world and just focus on, like, you know, the transcendental is like all there is, like intentionality. Is that what you're saying? Well, um, in terms of abolishing the external world, I, I'm not saying... That- Okay, the world is in our mind, some sort like <laughs> mystical man. <Yeah. laughs> I'm not saying we we are like just like a group that have this special ability to hallucinate very well. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying oh yeah, the world's still there. It's not an objective world. It's an all world with us. Yeah, and also, uh, well, me, what's, the, what's, me. The di- what's the difference in the things you just said? Well, the case in which everyone's just hallucinating very well. That just seems to be saying that, you know, what you actually experience is a fiction. Whereas what you're actually saying is that whatever you have experiences is actually yeah, but the, the thing only is, reality. It, it can only be fiction, right? Yeah. When there's something to compare to. Exactly. So it can't be like um, the hallucination thing because that uh, kind of um, means it has to be like, you know, like a correlation thing. You say it's, it doesn't correctly correspond to the actual thing there is. Therefore, we know that's kind of like And false. only hallucination only makes sense uh, when you're saying objective reality yeah. and that's only subjective thinking. Okay, so like again, brings the to me. Yeah, and that is assuming what the reality already is. Okay. However, we can't, we need to start, what the, start from what the reality is first and then work our way through. Okay. And the reality is that we cannot separate subject and object. So... Yeah, <laughs> and then we start from there. Okay, so I guess in like a few people will still be kind of um, confused or think this is like counterintuitive to believe Manny's kind of model. So we're going to play a song now and after that we'll try and discuss the two theories in relation to actual art objects and see how they hold up.
Hello, welcome back. I think we're getting consecutively worse at the transition thing. I mean, there we had like <laughs> the girl was talking very, very quietly, and then we were just making random noises above it. But well, you know, it's I'm, interesting. I'm trying to you know give some interesting you know, background to the jingle. Yeah, juxtaposition right there. Okay, okay, so we spent most of today's show flirting around the issue of. Well, how about how about this? You use thirty seconds to summarize your position, and I use thirty seconds to summarize my position, and then we discuss. I can't count. Okay, just just like what five sentences? I don't know. That doesn't help. That still requires a number, which I okay, can. Okay, I will tell you to stop. Okay, okay. just talk. Okay, so basically, I think we spend a lot of time this episode floating on the issue of there being some kind of correspondence model between some kind of external and subjective thing. And I think what I was saying, even though many disagreed with how I was going about it, was that we have to kind of get around that by saying the actual origin of our judgments is something in between without over-relying on either of the two opposites, which, you know, are extreme situations and therefore kind of ambiguous to locate anything we actually feel in them and what we value so i thought you know maybe we can just base the grounds of our kind of judgments on the experience in between and manny says no because that still requires well, I, a correspondence can I summarize my <laughs> you didn't oh. say stop yet okay stop okay <laughs> so my position is like uh the sx theory that jason outlined Dyson outlined Thank and you. that normally how that's how people regard it it's based on an assumption i.e there's an objective reality and there's a subjective reality and the aesthetic is probably something somewhere in between well if it's not in between it's still based on that a uh, particularly more particular model yeah however i think this assumption should itself be questioned because it is uh, it violates certain primordial states of being of how how we understand the world mm-hmm and because of that, we can't use that model to understand aesthetic theory or what is beautiful or what counts as art. And that's why we should go back to how we start to know stuff and then and then construct what, an art theory or aesthetic theory from that. Yeah. So this will be based on a different understanding of what the object is. I might have kind of explained it, but now we may still have reservations about how to actually apply that to our kind of evaluations. So my is going to... Tell us a Me. little. <laughs> Manny, as the defender of this position, which he just kind of invented, <laughs> will now tell us how how it's meant to work and why we should Manny adopt it. Invented. But he invented this this version <laughs> of whatever it is. Okay, Manny. So why don't you tell us how we can? I think we would still all agree that we have a kind of plausibility in the claim that there are better or worse art objects, and there are things that are art and things that are not art. But yeah, I don't yeah. think Manny's model can accommodate this. Until he can explain. No, further. no, no. It can accommodate this, but it's just not how people probably normally judge it. With let's the correspondence thing. Yeah. Let, let, okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the correspondence, let's say I uh, just I say this painting wow is so beautiful. Wow, it's very good. He <laughs> <You laughs> did an excellent critic, Manny. <laughs> because because it let's say it, it, it correspond to the actual object that the painting is supposed to represent. Yeah. Okay. However, this is also. This this particular judgment is is um based on the model of objective subjective, and the painting is kind of like the in the middle is like the painting is supposed to represent the objective, and because it's it's uh, represent the objective very well, and then as a subject, I judge it as beautiful. That, that's yeah. that's based on that model, mm-hmm. and my and I say no because 
because go back to how people or how we uh, uh, understand the world with no assumption, with with no theoretical uh, presumption. Yeah, all we see is just stuff. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> and things changes, and thing stays, but well, it changes in the next moment. Blah blah blah. Right? Yeah, there's kind of flux thing. Yeah, there's like kind of like a flux thing. However, and, and, and because of that, and science is trying to uh, was trying uh, science is already violating that or, or obje- objective subjective dichotomy theory is yeah. already violating how we mm, primordially understand the world. Yeah, and I'm saying, uh, and this is uh, what well, this is violating the reality because. The reality is that we are already in the world, and science is not uh, is trying to say we are not in the world. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then how does this um, enhance our understanding of particular art objects? Okay, first of all, in judging what is beautiful, right? We cannot judge based on this model, mm-hmm. and so every judgment that's based on this model will be, I won't say wrong. I will say it is with a huge assumption that is questionable. Okay. So for what is to be art, the art should um, uh, what did I say again? <laughs> <laughs> how the art should kind of uh, how we should you know be able to evaluate artworks without including presumptions, and then what would be the criteria of saying? Whether something is good or well, bad. An, an art is supposed to manifest this uh, this flux. Yeah. However, it's not a correspondent theory in terms of it's not corresponding to the objective world, and we as a subject judge it. However, it it can be say is a kind of correspondent. Yeah, because it is correspondent to the actual, actual pre-assumption. Yeah, uh, the actual understanding. understanding. Yeah. That is without assumption. Okay. So there is still a possibility that you can judge what is an art, mm-hmm. but it will not be the way that you constructed it. Okay, that's kind of like what we've been arguing towards then. Yeah, um, but I don't think we have enough time to yeah, really. Yeah, I was just thinking it. if anybody has anything they want to say about that. No, but uh, I was thinking, look. Since we already we kind of outlined the fundamental um, assumption that our model lies. Yeah. My assumption is without assumption. Is that assumption the self-referential problem? This goes beyond the scope of this essay. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but since we already did what what we think the reality is, mm-hmm. and and uh, and how and then maybe next episode we can uh, kind of argue how we can incorporate this with incorporate art with what we just said i suppose that would be the ultimate test well well we only have an episode next year next week <laughs> next year <laughs> whoops <laughs> <laughs> next week and then maybe we can talk about it and then we can after after that then we can probably back on different uh, discussion of different art form given that Mm. you guys i mean the audience you guys hi uh, <laughs> can uh perhaps get a deeper understanding of what we actually trying to aim at mm. 
and then perhaps to um enlighten more way of thinking about the subject. That was the whole point of the show, which is you know just to introduce these kind of like different ways of looking at things. Um, we're gonna play Ray Charles of BB King right now. Um, thank you for listening to this very unusual either raw.